learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. You know, there is not enough talent out there. I hear this all the time, and that's just wrong. The truth is, there are a lot of really good players on the sidelines, but great people are inundated with mindless spam, and therefore they just don't respond to your messages. So there is some good news. Gallup reports that 7 out of 10 people are open to something stronger, and those are called passive talent. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's quote Great people want to work on things that matter. Inevitably, a great person working on imaginary work will turn into an unsatisfied person. Any idea who said that, Mr. Mikado? I have no idea. That was Jason Freed. And I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and business leaders avoid costly hiring mistakes. We do this by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solution to help your company win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, business leaders, and disruptors. Like our guest today, Mr. Mark Hutto. He is the founder and CEO of Reveal Global Intelligence. Mark is the chief architect of purpose-driven recruitment, which is a methodology that focuses on on talent acquisition process on the right people who are hiring and being hired, as it should be. Revealing hidden and highly valued talent also aligns to Mark's stated vision for the company of delivering evidential value to every life they touch, which makes Mark the perfect expert for today's topic. Mark, welcome to the Higher Power Radio. Thank you so much, Rick. Yeah, it's great to have you. So we're going to discuss passive talent, one of my favorite subjects. I love it. We're going to talk about, first, we're going to cover why you believe that you can't find people, which is totally wrong. We're going to dispel that myth. As we just mentioned, and actually a survey that came out on LinkedIn last year said about 79% of LinkedIn users are open to hearing about new opportunities. But they will not see a job posting. 21% of people on average will see a job posting. See? Stop posting. And then we're going to provide you a script to successfully find people that you need Let's talk about the problem first, Mark. Why is the view that companies can't find people wrong? I hear it a great deal from business owners that I keep company with. You know, just not enough good talent out there. And when you double click on that and probe a little bit, it's because they're not seeing enough applicants to job postings. I think you should post, but you should do a lot more than that. Because when you think about that 21% that's likely to see it, that doesn't account for the people who see it who are fit for the job and are in a commutable distance to the job. So now you're down to maybe single digit at best. So I think the fallacy of there's not a lot of, peop- a lot of people out there is because you're not tapping into the people who are working, the, the entire population. That's the largest part of the talent pool is the people who aren't looking for a job and you just have to tap them. And let's be clear, most people who are working aren't ever really going on job boards unless... They had a really bad day at work. Yeah. And they're thinking, okay, well, I should just see what's out there. Yeah. So, and the chances of them seeing your post, if you have a job that's like everybody else's, is unless you pay for that premium spot, you're not going to be viewed. Nobody's going to find you. And there's that, you know, this real, real dichotomy of views. If they're an applicant, I've got to screen them out. And if they're a passive candidate, it's hard for some leaders to switch that mentality to I got to be in sales mode and screen them in. And so there's a, an absence of knowledge or willingness to go after people who aren't looking, but you do have to tap them. You have to reach out to them. It's like it's sales is recruiting, recruiting is sales. 
you have to reach out to people and tap those who are not actively in the market and present them with an opportunity that aligns to who they are. Yeah, you know what? Reaching out and approaching people and talking to them is really what you're doing when you're recruiting, right? You need to have conversations. Right. There's a lot of technology that is flooding the recruiting space, and it has all has the combined ability or propensity to dehumanize the hiring process, which is the last thing that we would want if you're going to go to work for somebody, make a multi-year commitment to see the same people every day. You want to interact with them as part of the process. So don't be lured into technology that keeps your you know, you're the high touch part of the recruitment process out of it. You got to be in there. You got to talk to people and help them understand what the full opportunity represents. All right. So really, we need to work on our mindset first, right? The we mindset, need to yep. approach people from the perspective of like, hey, there's no difference between an applicant and a passive candidate. And it's my job to go out and get you. The problem is that, you know, just look at what's happened in the growth of things like LinkedIn, the biggest one, right? So the my company used to sell name generation research services. We don't sell that anymore. People don't need that, right? <laughs> yeah. Because talent is so stinking visible these days. It's really presented a different problem, which is the amount of traffic that goes to high, highly desired talent is immense. And so you've got to differentiate. You've got to be willing to reach out to them. But you have to be memorable and you have to be very authentic. And that's what purpose-driven recruitment is about. you got to focus on the lives of the people that you're trying to hire. Hiring and being hired is a pretty big deal. All right. So let's talk about the reach out because that's the second piece. Just like job descriptions, reach out is usually fairly mindless. Hey, I've got a job. Would you be interested in working at my cool company? And here's all the perks we have. Right? Right. We have a ping pong table. Right. I can't. I've been beating that dead horse for years. Well, it's just, you know, think about what's the technology for finding contact information, for emailing, for in mails. In an age of robocalls, we don't pick up the phone anymore. But if we don't recognize the number, it all has the collective effect of numbing the recipient from any any sort of outreach. So that's what you're up against. You have to get through all of that. And then once you're in contact with them, pitching a job is the wrong mentality. You have to be focused on what is important to this person and recognize that they're not walking around thinking about what's important to me. If a recruiter calls today, what is it that I need to see in that opportunity? They're not thinking about that. So if you're a business leader, whoever's making the outreach to the candidate, you have to have that mindset that you just interrupted their day. You have to get into career coaching mode as quickly as possible and help them get in touch with what are the circumstances that would have to be in place for me to make a change or consider moving to a new opportunity? And that doesn't come from you. That comes from them. Because it's personal to that person. The reason why they would be interested in talking to you. I get pushback from recruiters all the time at various forums saying, hey, look, at, well, I, I get people that tell me they're not even going to talk to me unless I tell them what the job is. But that's a screen out, right? That's a, I don't really want to talk to your recruiter. Get away from me. Right. I don't hear too many hiring managers get that pushback, not as much. But still, you know, when you've got so much messaging going out there, I can go on my LinkedIn email box right now and I can guarantee you I have 20 to 30 unread messages and I'll probably delete them all. Yeah. There's just too much. There's just too much. And so differentiating with 
First of all, authenticity. So, you know, there's too many recruiters that will start with, I've got a fantastic opportunity for you, which is an editorial, right? I mean, it's it suggests that I have a I job t- you're perfect for. Yeah. And I'm, I'm omniscient. I know that about you. I know that this is perfect for you. That's really presumptuous. It's a bit arrogant. It's kind of offensive, really. Yeah, and it's yeah, and so that's what you're what you're trying to differentiate against. And so if you talk to people about, I mean, think about what we do for a living, right? We call people. Most of us that are in recruiting call people at work. Some of us. Some of us will actually call people, <laughs> and you know, propose a, a life changing event. And that's pretty. It's almost absurd that we do that. But if you get to the reality, the facts of, it, of the matter is, and we talk to candidates about this. It is unlikely that you'll retire in the job you're in or the company you're with. It's possible, but it's unlikely. And so you start with blinding authenticity of if you are in touch with the the circumstances that have to be in place for you to make a change or to stay right where you are, then you're actively thinking about managing your career. But let's talk about the things that are important to you. And if they align to the opportunity I called you about, then we have something to discuss. If not, then we'll talk again in the future. That's the mentality is try to help them get in touch with that. Well, if people are open, but they're not responding, right? There's obviously something going wrong in their career. There's some sort of pain point there that they would like to see fixed or go away. So why not hit people there first? Well, you have to find that, I guess, and be open to the fact that they're, they may be just fine right where they are. And so they might be absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to ever break up a happy marriage. I mean, if somebody loves it, great, stay there. Well, and when you press too hard for pain and it doesn't exist, it sounds maybe a little disingenuous to the, to the candidate. I think people will tell you, though, from my experience, they tell you whether or not, you know, they either love their job or it could be better. Where can it be better? Like, what would you like to see improved upon? I think everybody's got a tipping point, right? If if you call someone and say it's a 100% increase and you can work from an island and, you know, just set your own hours, of course, everybody would, you know, but but there's... I would. In reality. <laughs> in reality, there is some point at which you become a candidate. Even if you are very happy where you are, you will still listen to reason. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out what we do at stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources and information on how you can book me to speak at your next meeting or conference. Today, our guest is Mark Hutto. He is the Chief Encouragement Officer of Reveal Global Intelligence. I like what you did with that, by the way, the Chief Encouragement Officer. I saw a guy, a business owner, who titled himself that way, and I Googled it. Check it out. It's a whole religion almost out there. Of It has to do with servant leadership. Sure. I'm about 50-50 on that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How's that working? <laughs> yeah, 50% of the time identity it compl- Identity crisis. <laughs> All right. We're talking about recruiting passive talent. So let's talk about how to recruit passive talent. Most of our listeners and the people watching this LinkedIn live stream tend to be entrepreneurs or business leaders or hiring managers, right? And a lot of them don't have the resource of a recruiter. They might be using some outsourced one. But where do we start or what would be the steps in order for them to effectively be able to recruit the people they need to build their company? So the first of all, the mindset is that if you're a business leader, business owner in particular, think about it as those individuals do a lot of due diligence when it's a new piece of equipment, inventory, supplies, and so forth in their business. It's a big investment. And there's a very, you know, rote process for evaluating those suppliers and so forth. This is the same thing. You're, you're investing in someone that might be six figures plus, 
So have a process and be willing to, you know, to be pretty disciplined about that. So the first thing is the outreach. There's a lot of pretty cool tools out there now that help with this. And I know, you know, you got to balance technology and the human factor, but we use digital video job descriptions as a differentiator. They're very easy to produce. We use a company called DigiMe. So it's digi-me.com. But that is when we're doing a large broadcast outreach, we'll use that tool. And then persistence is really key. Polite, professional persistence. When I'm talking to recruiters, I'll ask them how many people, how many attempts they'll make to someone they know to be qualified. And it's usually around three to four. But Which if you is can, funny because they don't, people don't respond for seven to 10. Right. And that makes some people nervous because they think that's a stalker kind of mentality. But if you're going to call somebody seven or 10 times, but, but if you're polite, professional, persistent, and say that you are, and that you've done your homework <laughs> and you know why you're calling them, then, then it makes a difference. I just had like through. an epiphany that apparently I'm a stalker. Because yeah, I yeah. had a guy that I placed last November, it took me 31 points of contact to get him on the phone. But it's all for a good cause, right? I mean, it's it's a, it's pretty cool to have he was a role able to in better his career. So. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. He elevated his his livelihood as for for the persistence. Absolutely. So you have to be proactive. So identify a list of people. Be proactive in going after them. Be persistent in making sure that you're touching them. Be At memorable. least seven to 10 points of contact because you got to get past all the other noise. I think the other thing is when you see the same person showing up in your inbox, eventually you're going to open the email. Yeah. And it's a t- there's a timing thing to it, of course, as well. I write all my emails in five email sequences so that because like, I know I'm going to probably reach out to him at least five times. Right. So yep. just write a storyline. Yeah. And we do the same. It's And they get a little more persistent. And, and an example of persistence is a very discreet note card or letter that is FedExed and has that has a high open rate. Not a letter bomb, hopefully. Not a letter bomb, <laughs> but you don't and you don't want to go into great detail as to who you are in case someone else opens it. But if they pat if they are able to match your, the name in the letter to the voicemails or the emails, they can find they they'll find your contact information. Okay, so we're talking about and this is kind of on the reach out, right? So as you get people, be persistent, create a campaign. Right. Go after them. Right. I mean, the goal, it, whenever you reach out to somebody, is to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you so, need to have a conversation to find out whether or not that person's even positioned properly to be wanting to make a move at this time. Well, and you have to start the conversation in our belief around what's important to them. And so we call those career drivers. And there's, there's really, you know, in my years of obsessing over this topic, I believe that all of us who look forward to a paycheck care about five things and it's and you lay these out when you're talking to someone and ask them to think about which one comes to the top for them immediately and how they they define them because it's unique to each individual but the five topics that most of us care about are compensation and benefits the meaning or the impact of the work that's number two the environment is the third one that's the big one that has culture and work-life balance and the people in the physical offices and so forth Fourth is professional or personal growth. And then the fifth is the leadership or management that surrounds you. Ask someone to think through those five, which one comes to the top immediately, to help them define what success would look like for them, and then match it, see if it aligns to the opportunity. See, I call these my, their desires, right? Like, what do they want out of their career? And what's interesting is the th- top three that I usually get are growth 
number one has been like, I have no place to go in order for me to get promoted. Somebody's got to die. Like, you know, these sort of things, the content of the work and then leadership is usually close third. And then usually competition and benefits is down at the bottom of the... Surprisingly, a little yeah. lower than most would think, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that's the type of search that I do. I don't know, you know, because you're in a, a broader scope than I am. That's why I make it a little more broad and say that it's, it's what those of us who look forward to a paycheck want. And so I, I don't think the list of things that we all look for in our day-to-day satisfaction in our career and our lives is infinite. I don't think that list is goes on forever. I think it, you can fit them all into those five categories. Yeah, and it simplifies the conversation with the candidate because, they're again, they're busy at work and we call and they have to stop and think about that proposition. What is their tipping point? And so when you're doing this, you're turning it into essentially a coaching call. Career coaching helps for those in the recruiting space. I always advocate find a way to do pro bono career coaching. It'll make you a better recruiter. But even as a hiring manager, if you're having a conversation with somebody, if you treat it like, hey, look at Let's have a conversation about your career and find out if you're even positioned to make a change at this point. At least you're opening the door, you're establishing a relationship, and then you're putting yourself in a position like where you can make a judgment call and say, hey, look, at, this isn't the right time for you. But let's circle back around three, four, six months from now. No I mean, is I not, do a lot of now, this. You're right. No is not no forever. No is no maybe right now. Yeah. And so if you are exploring it from the standpoint of under what circumstances have to be in place because the circumstances dictate timing, right? So no, I'm not interested unless you can demonstrably, you know, illustrate how this is going to be much, much better for me. And if you can do that, then timing changes. Yeah, but then you have the task of, okay, so how do I figure out what's better for me, for that person, right? So you could either take a stab at it and throw everything in the kitchen sink out of them and just go, well, we have this, we have that, we have other things. Or you can engage in a conversation to find out what's important to them and then pull that, you know, then connect the dots for them. Right. But you have to be honest, if it doesn't fit, then don't move forward. Don't move forward. And, you know, also take the time to explain, you know, just, you know, how many recruiting calls does this person get? Who knows? Right. So, I mean, if you know that if it's high demand talent, they probably have no stranger to a recruiting call. But sometimes it pays to stop and explain that when I call you proactively, you're in a position of strength. Unfortunately, if you're applying to a job, there's a different mindset that people will take in an interview process with you. Sure. So, you know, we explain to them they're in a position of strength and that it's to their advantage to think about what's important to them because they're not in a needed position at that moment. They're, they're not in need of an, a new role. So that helps them to, you know, think through, yeah, let me just think for myself and what's important to me. And if it's a no now, then you're, you're also closing the, the conversation to a point of, Let's talk about the circumstances in the future under which I should call you. Let's, let's not talk about now. Let's take the pressure off of now and talk about the future. And you might come back again to the present, you know, that it, that it is actually now is the right timing. And by the way, for most people taking your call, it's a great call. Like they feel really good about it because you're actually listening to them. And that's really what we all care about. We care about ourselves first. I don't really care about your job or anything like that. I mean, I care about me. How is it going to better me? Well, and we're up against those of us in the recruiting profession are up against a lot of folks who are just driven by call down that list, call down that list. And, and, it, and it sounds that way when you're, when you're receiving that call. God, so I you remember gotta, those days. It was terrible. Yeah, I was raised that way, too. Yeah. It was, yeah. I was so. brought up in the, uh, you know, I had to send out 50 resumes a week and, you know, like... 
and we had fax cover sheets back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could talk about go down that rabbit hole later. Yeah. History lane. <laughs> yeah. There's also other tools. There's one that's really memorable. It differentiates and it's free. We call it an incumbent interview. And so imagine this, you know, you're you're in the first five minutes of a conversation with a recruiter and they give you an opportunity to hear from everyone in the group immediately. You know, so it's something that we're all going to want to do if we go th- to the second and third round and so forth. We want to talk to people in the group and find out what it's really like to work there. So what we'll do, it's very easy to do It's and cost nothing, is ask each person in the group to give a one-bullet response to the following four questions. Why did you come here? Why do you stay, number two, or come back every day? Number three, what challenges do you encounter that the company or the leader or the group helps you overcome? And number four, what do you want anyone to know who's considering a role with us? What do you want them to know? And this is all content that you pull out using your marketing. Well, yeah, you put it into a single Word document that says why Stride Search or why Higher Power Radio. If you were recruiting to your company, you make it about your company. And so, and you're saying to the individual, I know that at some point in the process, you'll want to talk to people in the group to find out what it's really like to work here. We've anticipated that need. I'd like to hit send on something that gives you the voice of the people in the group to the following four questions. And it's very memorable. It's very authentic. Is this something you're plugging into your video job description too? No, this the video job description, the way we use that with Digimi, it's it's intentionally nameless of the, the client company because you're going to use that in a more broadcast fashion. It's going to go out across social media. Digimi does a good job with that. Okay. So then when you get into you know close conversation with someone, this incumbent interview is what you might share with them so that they can see what it's really like from the voice of the people in the group to work there. Okay, perfect. What are your three big takeaways that you would give the audience right now that they can kind of plug into their business? Hiring and being hired are big deals. So keep them humanized, focus on career drivers. That'd be number one. Keep it human, focus on the person. If you're an employer, you're in sales mode. These are perishable goods, these people, and these are people with fleeting interest. Time kills all deals. So you're in sales mode, get your sales game on about what the opportunity represents so that you can match those up to that person's career drivers. And number three, Post and pray has got to give way to polite, professional persistence. R.I.P. Post and pray. Right. <laughs> Can't die soon enough. Well, well, we're just about out of time for today's show. I want to thank you for your time investment today and welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our community reach you? I know that you have a free document, too, that you can give out to our listeners. So how do we find you? Well, it's either, you know, email is marc at revealglobal.com, our, our company number. For me who can't spell, how do you spell Reveal Global? global.com. But you want tools, we're an open book about a lot of things, go to revealglobal.com forward slash higher power, H-I-R-E power. And you'll see an opportunity to grab all the documents that I just talked about and some other ones, too. There you go. If you guys need a system, this is definitely a way to plug it in. So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Now in our fifth or sixth week on LinkedIn Live. Love it. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Christopher Decker, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening. We welcome your feedback after all the shows for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email, rick at stridesearch.com. I promise if you send me an email, I will respond. 
LinkedIn, not so much. <laughs> All right, tune in next week. Our guest is going to be David Kinnear. He's the executive leader and coach of Executive Mentor Group and a Vistage Chair here in Orange County. I'm your host, Rick Girard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Girard.